Hello everyone, welcome to This Week Esports, a podcast that brings you weekly updates from the competitive esports world. My name is Alex, and I'll be your host. Don't forget, you can also check us out at thisweekesports.com for information on the podcast, our social media handles, and all the episodes that we've released so far. Now without further ado, on to the games. Hey guys, thanks for joining us here. This episode number 16 covers the week of July 27th to August 2nd. Can't believe we're already in August, but my 2020 has flown. Uh, And yeah, we had a pretty busy week here. StarCraft completed their round of eight in the GSL. Overwatch had its last week before the Countdown Cup. League of Legends nearing the end of the split, and we had some massive movements in the table and last on the list but first on the show today dota is back with the dota pit tourney so let's jump right in and see what happened granted um, with dota pit you know this isn't the largest tournament it's invite only but it's always a great warm-up for the upcoming major with the largest eu teams taking place generally we had alliance we had enigma OG, VIP, Center Prodigy team. Um, unfortunately, Secret was missing, but you know they deserve probably a bit of a break after the run they have been on. So what happened in this double elimination tournament? Well, well, in the first round, we saw Alliance, OG, Nigma, very comfortable, confident, move forward with 2-0 wins over their respective opponents. Uh, the big surprise, though, was Navi taking down a VP Prodigy team in two games and relegating them to the lower bracket so that was certainly i think a shock for a lot of people but navi have been you know rebuilding and up and coming so in the upper bracket semi-final in a ti3 rematch navi and alliance opened it up and they navi you know they played well but there's just nothing they could do for an s4 led alliance team so they were relegated to the lower bracket in two games along with og uh, who struggled to find wins or really any sort of space against Nigma in the other lower bracket game. Side note here, uh, Seb is back on OG. So Sumail left the team, uh, seemingly good terms, and Seb is back out of retirement. Uh, I think for the team, this will lead to some better results. And not because Sumail is bad or an inferior player. I mean, arguably one of the best two or three players in the world and mechanically probably better than Seb. Uh, But because OG's entire MO was the ability to be very flexible, always adapt and put pressure on uh, with whichever hero is kind of spiking. And Sumail being one of those best solo players means that you change your style to them. And it just wasn't a style that OG was comfortable with and one that, you know, no tail necessarily thrives in as the captain again nothing against him the guys won two ti so you know this move is big i'm really excited what what will happen from here and we did get some of that excitement actually in the lower bracket from og they went on an absolute tear an absolute run they brought out every strat from the carry wisp to pa to carry sven always falling back on active supports to make it happen en route to the lower bracket final. I think they lost one game to VP Prodigy, but apart from that, it was just two O's along the way. So who did they face? Well, 
Alliance Enigma traded their first two upper bracket games, leading to a pretty big final match, avoiding what would be a meeting against OG. So Liquid brought out their own version of a Wisp build to give their two, uh, their three, four uh, player in GH uh, absolutely dominant on it in that fifth game. It's a dangerous hero to give Liquid to since they can always use it purely as a carry or more as a support. So when you let that through in the draft and they select it, you get pigeonholed in your draft and trapped trying to counter this wisp, not knowing which direction they're going to go. And, you know, Liquid will, you know, again, trap you with their counter picks. And Liquid took it very convincingly in the third game. GH had something like 30 assists. So was, uh, you know, part of almost every kill. So great game by Nigma. And, you know, Alliance played well in the series. They go to the lower bracket to face OG. And that was a very exciting series. Again, uh, they both flexed their muscles, so we did get to an H match uh, once again. But this was a weird game. OG went with Jug and Magnus, but never really had a counter to the uh, S4DK and the carry Faceless Void. And they simply crumbled coming out of the mid-game into, you know, the later game. S4 on DK, he's so good on that hero. Gets a quick blink, and then he just runs around stunning everyone. And when you count, when you add that to a faceless void that was getting room, getting farm, they just were never able to get the team fight. So Alliance are in the grand finals for a rematch with Nigma. So in the first two games, Alliance gave up a 2-0 lead rather quickly to a very uh, superior Nigma team, at least in those games. Uh, Alliance then switched their strategy a bit. They went for more active carries and heroes. They went for TA, they went for Ember Spirit. And they started uh, dealing with everything Nigma could throw at them. So they clawed back the series, got to a nice 2-2, two and two, and into a grand final game 5, which, you know, as a fan, always what you want to see. As a player, probably the most nerve-wracking thing that can happen. Uh, and then this draft, Nigma went in a different direction to start to get the eventual hero combinations they were looking for. And Alliance seemed to take a step back from their winning strategy. They weren't too sure what Nigma was doing. And a few of their uh, kind of higher tempo heroes got banned out. So their team looked kind of strange. Uh, you know, they did bring out those tempo heroes. They brought out the Quap, They brought out the Brewmaster. But then they brought out Faceless Void. And they just couldn't get him involved in a positive manner at the right points. Uh, and a lot of this is because Nigma is so good at positioning and at tempoing the game and their style. So Lions started turtling a bit too much, maybe taking chances when they shouldn't have. And then in the end, all of a sudden, a miracle farm Terrorblade comes out of nowhere, and it's all but over at that point. If, if you spend everything you have to kill their one hero, uh, you know, they still have four others. So Nigma does take this series uh, and, and that fifth game rather convincingly, although the series was, was an absolutely bruising series but ton of fun to watch so congrats to Nigma. they did show us again why they were in two of the last three ti finals and why secret probably fears them the most at the moment at least out of europe and at least until og can figure out all the little kinks uh in having seb back uh, and with that you know so dota returns uh we have the omega league which begins later in august sort of a replacement for ti which obviously has been postponed so uh, we'll go in more details about that it'll be about a three-week tournament in the making uh so yeah we'll give you all that content when it returns but so great to have dota 2 content back 
And uh, yeah, so sticking with the MOBA theme, let's look at League of Legends. Great week here, especially North America. So we're going to start there. And for those of you who weren't listening last week or haven't uh, been able to catch up, we ended last week with Cloud9 and Liquid top of the table after a very big team Liquid win over C9 last week to end it out. So what happened from there? Well, Liquid continued to have strong momentum, big week, 2-0, very comfortable wins over Dignitas and CounterLogic. CounterLogic, though, who have seen an absolute dip in form to close out the year, not a good time for them. They really need to kind of turn that around, especially considering they they used to be in third and were kind of taking games off everyone. So hopefully they can figure that out with this last week ahead to make the playoffs in a position that they deem reasonable. Uh, Team Solo Mid, though, trying to keep up, won a very big game against EG on the Friday night. And then they turned their sights right for Sunday afternoon for their game against C9. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But the biggest mover, though, has been the Golden Guardians. They're still pumping. They're 5-1 and one in their last six. And they were the ones lucky enough to run into a whimpering C9 team that still didn't seem to have licked their wounds from the week before. So they dropped their second game in a row here, C9 did, uh, for the first time all season. And then they ran into TSM, and the trend continued. C9 needs to stem this bleeding. You know, they started uh, all right in both these games, but they're simply not able to close these games out anymore. I don't know if they lost that X factor or if the teams have found comfortable anti-timings against them, but TSM took the win. C9 goes 0-2 on the week and are now being pressured by TSM, who have an equal record as them and are in third place. Uh, in the final week, though, C9 does have an easier schedule. Um, so no real big games in this season for them. Uh, most probably important game will be Liquid and TSM. That is next Sunday. If everything goes right for TSM, they could potentially be playing for top spot. Um, but we'll likely need a 2-0 just to finish in second, depending how the other teams go. So let's take a quick look at the standings. As discussed, Liquid is too clear at 13-5. and uh, Cloud9 and Team Solo Mid are 11 and, sec- uh, and 7, tied in second. Uh, FlyQuest in, thir- or in fourth, sorry, they continue to move forward quietly. And fifth place is the resurgent Golden Guardians, as I kind of pointed, alluded to earlier in this take. Uh, sixth place, EG, technically, uh, you know, they're in a playoff spot right now with a sub 500 record, so they will certainly be looking for access to that upper bracket with a few wins in week eight. And for those of you who don't know the playoffs, they're all different in each region, but North America, all eight teams make it. Top, uh, top two teams move on into the second round of the upper bracket. Bottom two teams start in the lower bracket directly so being in that top six spot is actually very important because it gives you a chance at staying in the upper bracket which obviously gives you a little less pressure a little more breathing room because you know if you lose a game you still have a chance to make a run so that's what eg will be gunning for so that was all the exciting stuff uh, that happened in north america but what happened across the pond let's take a look and really only one thing happened uh, and that's Schalke is what happened. Uh, not often we talk about the team in last place, but they've now won four on the trot with big wins over XL and Origin Gaming. Uh, and in Europe, where only the top six move to the playoffs, they will likely, if nothing else, play a very big spoiler role on the final day, 
being at 5 and 10. So technically speaking, they went from winless in the first five weeks to 1 and 9 and are now 5 and 10. So they have been absolutely on fire. Unbelievable by Schalke, secretly hoping that they can win it all because what a story that would be. But, you know, looking forward with a bit more um, seriousness, though. Uh, Matt and Rogue clinched their playoff spots in the top two heading into this final week after mimicking each other with 1-1 records. Uh, they, do play, they do play next week in the final day of week eight. Uh, so with having a playoff implication, you know, they're certainly going to show up for that game because the first team is the first place team is always a better position to be heading in to the playoffs. So keep an eye on that game. That should be an absolute doozy. Uh, elsewhere, Fanatics stumbled a little. They went 0-2. And the same can be said for Origin Gaming, who fell four whole spots from uh, all the way out of the playoffs into ninth place from fifth. So uh, G2, though, did the opposite. They went up three spots into fourth after going 2-0. and uh, And so in Europe, it's the top six that make the playoffs and only the top six. So where are the standings? Well, Madden Rogue, as I said, they're through. They're in one and two. Then it goes SK and G2. They are both at 8 and 7. Fnatic and Excel are the finalizing spots right now in the playoffs at 7 and 8. So looking back at Schalke, they're last at 5 and 10, and everyone else is 6 and 9. So given the distribution of what the games have have been so far, it's very safe to say that you will have seven teams fighting for three spots, all with reasonable chances to make it or break it in this final week and don't forget in Europe it's a super week they end it with three games over three days so it's going to be a lot of fun here XL are a bit lucky in this that they don't have to face either of the top two teams same goes for G2 so a bit safer maybe but you know as I've said before esports it can be theorized on paper for days but once the mouse and keyboards are out, nothing else matters. And this is what we are hoping for in this final week. So go watch all the league you can this week. It's going to be some huge games, huge impl- implications for the playoffs. And whatever you miss, I will catch you up on on uh, Monday next week. We'll definitely have some extra content for League of Legends just so we can really kind of delve into the specifics of what happen so uh finally time in this episode to switch perspectives from the mobas uh so let's look at starcraft 2 and yeah it was a pretty big week in starcraft 2 quarterfinals round of eight finalizing itself and you know setting up some pretty epic uh semi-final games here so let's start with the round of eight obviously so first game dong regu and innovation both GSL winners. Dongregu has returned from military service. Innovation has been dominant since Dongregu left. So, bit of a storyline there, I guess. So, what happened? Well, Dongregu, for those of you who don't know, seems to know how to build three units mostly. Uh, they are Zerglings, Banelings, and Mutalisks. And that's all he built, and he absolutely crushed Innovation. Uh, Innovation had some great games. Some great timings, but he was never able to get that killing blow. And Dongregu, every time, just started swarming him and swarming him and expanding. And next thing you know, it was actually 3-0 to zero for Dongregu. So, unbelievable series. He's into the semifinals. In fairness to Innovation, like, he played some good games. And against almost any other player in the world, he probably would have won those. But DRG is back and looking great. Our second game was Dream and Rogue, also a Zerg versus Terran. And 
sort of a same result. Rogue, you know, he is one of the best Zergs in the world. He's won a GSL. He's won uh, Katowice. He's won uh, a world world championship. So he's, you know, fantastic player. And he just seems to have the tempo right against a player like Dream. Sort of the same outcome. He did some Ling Bane Muta. He did some Roach work. And next thing you know, it was another 3-0 win for the Zerg. So uh, certainly a bit of uh, balance whining on the threads out there. Zerg OP once again. Terran nerfed too far. Uh, but hopefully in the next series we saw a change and that one was ty versus parting ty last year's champion parting last year's semi-finalist who actually lost to ty in the semi-final so a bit of uh, bad blood there uh what a series these two guys are so nerdy and i mean that in the best way they they understand the game at a different level where they prepare such sophisticated builds to try to counter each other so first game on golden wall Parting goes completely cheeky, goes to the bottom side of the map, which most Protoss players don't do, surprises TY with some units, and next thing you know, it's a pretty quick 1-0 for Parting. From there, TY, ever crafty, found a hole in Parting's build from the time before and exploited it with some Hellions. This was on Deathora, or Deathora, however you want to pronounce it, and just absolutely barbecued probes. Quick win for TY, 1-1. And then from there, it sort of just kept being the same. Uh, Everdream and Pillars of Gold, TY was always, I don't want to say a step ahead, because that's just not fair to parting. He was an inch ahead, a millimeter ahead, but a player like TY, you give him that bit of space, and he makes room with it. So he was always, you know, countering parting's build, always sort of knew what parting could do. And knew the anti timings, and it was it was a beautiful series. Uh, so it went three to one uh, for Ty over Parting. Probably could have gone to five games realistically, but what a beautiful series that was! If there was a series to rewatch, I I would highly recommend that series in particular. So Ty onto the semifinals, and our last series was a Protoss versus Protoss stats versus Trap. Um, yeah, that one was essentially a very crafty player, an aggressive player in trap, and a very passive, very macro-oriented player in stats. And it showed every game, they had similar builds, but when trap would go out on the map to fight, stats would defend and would always have one or two extra units. And, you know, when you're the same race, building the same units, having one or two can, like, literally changes the battle. So stats, like, every time just had a bit more stalkers had a bit more zealots, had a bit more of anything. So all of a sudden, every time Trap hit him, he was just hit a wall, and then big counter punch from stats would lead to a victory. Uh, so they played only three matches, and it went 3-0 to stats, and it was on Eternal Empire, it was on Deathra, and it was on Everdream. And wow, what, what a show. To, to make to 3-0 a player like Trap is mind-boggling to me but stats did it stats seems to be back in form so here are the semifinals it's going to be fantastic we have drg and rogue in the top so no zerg versus zerg final just a zerg versus zerg semifinal and then we have ty the reigning champion versus stats those games are at the end of this week and over the weekend so i'll have all that for you next week if you're not into starcraft or haven't really watched starcraft this is the time to watch watching these series and these games like these should be absolute bloodbaths 
by some of the best and most thoughtful players out there. So really excited to see what happens here. We'll have it all for you next week as well. Um, and then, you know, to end it out, we're going to stick with Blizzard and we're going to go see what happened in Overwatch. So the hero shooter, um, third game before uh, kind of this month's tournament. I know it's kind of a weird schedule that they were forced to do, but I think they did a pretty good job with it. So we'll start with the East uh, Seoul and London both dropping their games. No surprise there uh, because Seoul only seems to show up in the playoffs and London only seems to show up in the first season of Overwatch. Uh, Guangzhou, Hongzhou defeated them 3-1, 3-0. The big game was New York versus Shanghai. This would have playoff uh, implications, at least seeding implications. So New York at this point was 1-1 one and, one, and Shanghai was 2-0. Uh, and Shanghai must have just been on a tear. Uh, you know, they traded the first two maps one and one, and then it just kind of never went well for uh, New York in the Excelsior. They they dropped the third map, and then in the fourth map, they battled. They duked it out. They ended up going to an ace match, but they just never seemed as comfortable as you'd expect a team of New York's caliber to be. So they, they did drop the game, drop the series. So it actually plummeted them down the table a bit. So in... Asia. We have Shanghai finish first at 3-0 because of map difference. They are ahead of Shenggu. Uh, so Shenggu's in second. Hangzhou, Guangzhou were both 2-1, and one, so they are 3-4, and four, which puts New York, London, and Seoul in 5, 6, and 7 spots. And what does that mean for the Countdown Cup? Well, Shanghai being in first gets to move through automatically into the second round. Uh, but for the other teams now, it means that you know, if there's a reseeding, like New York can certainly take out Guangzhou. That's who they're playing. But if there's a reseeding, they potentially will be the lowest team. So they're going to have to face Shanghai in the semifinals. And that's just not a place you'd want to be if you're in New York. So they're going to be hoping Seoul can have an upset for them and take on Shanghai in those semifinals, assuming New York can make it through. So uh, lots of interesting stuff there in New York. Just weird to see them falter when they did. That said, though, let's take a look at what happened in the West. So Philly played twice to play a bit of catch-up in their schedule. They won both 3-0. to zero. They haven't dropped a map in three matches. Uh, they are on absolute fire. Uh, Valorant, uh, they went 1-1. One and one. They just eked out a win over Houston. So they're doing pretty well as well, staying consistent. Paris stays undefeated on the season since their championship last month with a nice win over Washington. San Francisco keeps up the pace and defeats Houston as well. So Houston uh, struggling a bit. They, they started all right. Um, had some good games to start the season, but they, they ended up 0-4, which I think was a bit of a surprise. But thanks to map difference, uh, they were not in the bottom two. Big game of the week, though, at least for me. Uh, Toronto versus Vancouver. Uh, probably the biggest game because one of the only games to go 3-2. Toronto took out a quick 2-0 lead, uh, and then Vancouver absolutely clawed back, especially on Volskaya Industries. They went 11 map points on that. 6-5 was the final score in Vancouver's favor. So they tied it up at 2-2 into Lijiang Tower for the last game, and that is where Toronto was finally able to, to a avoid the reverse sweep and take another win so they actually able to climb the table a bit uh, so where are we in the standings well the top four are set 
you have San Fran, Paris, Philadelphia, one, two, and three with Florida in fourth, uh, that order because of map differential more than anything. Uh, and then you have Atlanta, the Valiant, Dallas, and Toronto. And then the final four spots are Vancouver, Houston, Washington, and the LA Gladiators. So Boston not able to win once again a single game, and they lost in the 12th seed match. So they've had a very unfortunate season. Uh, hopefully they can turn around for the last few games here in August uh, as we go into this mini tournament, elimination tournament over the weekend. So in the East, the big story is going to always be can Seoul come from zero wins in the season and win it all when it matters and win another cup? And then North America, it's going to be really uh, is can Paris retain the title and is San Francisco going to let them? Well, we'll find out next week, won't we? So those games are this weekend. So obviously, go out and watch as much Overwatch as you can this week. What you don't watch, uh, come listen to me, and I'll give you all the juicy details. Next week episode is probably going to be pretty long, it seems, with all these big uh, finals coming up. But before I let you go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at esportsthisweek. Uh, the website, thisweekesports.com, has all the other information you might need, has our Discord channel, has our Patreon, even has my email. So feel free to drop me a message, and I'll do my best to respond to you as quickly as possible. Stay safe out there, and as always, happy gaming.